This episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast is brought to you by Motorcycle Awareness Month. September is a very special month for riders. It's Motorcycle Awareness Month. And this year, it's all about celebrating the motorcycle community. Whether you ride alone or with mates, wear yellow. Show other riders you stand beside them. And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here, and great to have you along. If this is the first podcast you've listened to, please do hit that uh, subscribe button and come along for the ride with us. We are New Zealand's number one and pretty much only, as far as I know, podcast uh, that is by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. Uh, and if you haven't checked out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine, hit up kiwirider.co.nz and check that out. It's not printed anymore. That's something that some, a lot of people seem to have missed the uh, boat on. Kiwi Rider magazine is 100% digital. And what that means is it's absolutely free for you to read and enjoy. You can download it. You can read it as many times as you like. And you can go back through the uh, back catalogue as well. All those old magazines up until ooh, 2015 had a guess uh, all absolutely free so check them out at kiwirider.co.nz it is motorcycling awareness month so make sure you're wearing your yellow to show your support for the kiwi uh, motorcycling community uh, in this podcast, uh, I'm going to be catching up with Matthew Day Gillett, talking uh, Burn Buster, a bit of a catch up on, on what was last week's episode, a big one too. Um, how did Rosie the Rally fare? And of course, my mighty T7. Uh, spoiler alert, I've cleaned it three times so far and I'm still finding pumice on it. But we'll catch up with Matt and talk about all things Burn Buster very shortly. But right now, it's time to do the news. Ducati announces Monster SP with New Zealand pricing confirmed. Ducati has announced possibly the most fun and high-performance monster ever in the second of its 2022 world premieres. It's the 2023 Monster SP. The Monster SP takes the same basic premise of the Monster to a whole new level. Take one fantastic engine, in this case the 11 degree Trista Stretta V-Twin, chuck it in a superbike derived chassis and tie it all together with an upright riding position. Highlights of the Monster SP include full Olin suspension package, Brembo Stylema brake calipers, a fancy exhaust and all the electrics one could ask for to either tame or unleash the Trista Stretta's 111 horsepower. The Monster SP is due to arrive in New Zealand dealers from May 2023 and is priced at 25900 plus on roads. For photos and more on this story, you can check out Matt's website on throttle.co.nz. Michelin's Star Cross 6 launches at Burnbuster. Of course, we were there to enjoy that uh, that launch. Uh, Michelin's latest dirt hoop has arrived in New Zealand with the official debut of the Star Cross 6 taking place at September's Burnbuster near Topor. We were there at the event to put the Michelin trackers on uh, on throttle CRF 250 rally uh, to the test, but we couldn't help ourselves when it came to checking out Michelin's latest knobbly tyre. 
While technically the Starcross 6 has been quietly arriving in dealers for the past six weeks or so, the full range was on display at Burnbuster with multiple options to service every need from any dirt rider. As the name suggests, the Starcross 6 replaces the Starcross 5, with Michelin going all-in with full silica build and directional redesigned lug pattern. In fact, the only thing shared between the Starcross 5 and the Starcross 6 is the two-ply casing. The rest has been a complete redevelopment from the ground up. According to Michelin, the new design translates to up to 19% more traction than the Starcross 5, with 100% silica construction, helping the Starcross 6 last 11% longer than its predecessor. We had a brief introduction to riding with the Starcross 6 and were, and were impressed by the intuitive nature of the tyre. Aboard the KTM 300 EXC 6 days, the Starcross 6 was planted and intuitive to the point where it had a point-and-shoot kind of feeling to it. The, the wet conditions really worked in the silica's favour and we quickly got into a rhythm compared to the hard slock on the heavier, less powerful Honda. The tracker is a great road legal tyre, but when it came to wet mud and ruts, the Starcross 6 on the KTM 300 made life so much easier and allowed Matt to ride around the ruts rather than charging straight through them. The Michelin Starcross 6 is available now at all good motorcycle tyre retailers in a variety of sizes and compounds. More information and photos at onthrottle.co.nz. And CF Moto unveils the 800cc Sport Naked concept. Budget friendly CF Moto has proven that it can bring buyers a lot of bang for their buck with its current range of mid sized models, but there are certainly holes in the lineup that the brand will likely look to be plugging in the near future. The first cab off the rank looks to be another LC8-powered model to join the recently released 800MT Adventure Tourer. With the first look of a parallel twin Sportster with the unveiling of the NKC22 concept at the company's Autumn Strategy Conference. CF Moto has been partnered with KTM since 2013, so news of another model to utilise the LC8C parallel twin shouldn't come as a big surprise. What is surprising, however, is the styling direction of the NKC22 concept, which is far more European in design than previous offerings. While no official announcement has been made in regards to the future production plans, the 800NK may be in the Mark's immediate future model plans. The concept boasts contemporary features including forged carbon fibre bodywork and trimmings, a racing-inspired SC Project dual exhaust and a single-sided swing arm. While the carbon fibre elements certainly look exciting, we doubt CF Moto will depart from its cut price strategy to deliver such exotic materials in a production 800NK. However, these could be introduced as accessory options. The conference concluded in China with the general manager of CF Moto's two-wheeled business declaring that 2023 will be a big year with new products uh, and six petrol-powered and four electric motorcycles planned to be launched. Further details, including timing, arrival, specifications, colours and pricing, Will be, announced will be announced closer to the launch of CF Moto's 2023 model range. 
for photos and more information on this story as the other ones, you can go to Matt's website onthrottle.co.nz. And that wraps up the news. Just interrupting this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast to let you know it's spring. Have you thought about your motorcycle insurance? Protector Insurance do a massive range of motorcycle insurance. It's motorcycle insurance by motorcyclists for motorcyclists with some awesome benefits like they can give you the booking fee for your Ride Forever course back. They can cover not only your bike but your gear as well and they can do track day cover. So check out protectorinsurance.co.nz and get a quote today. I was incredibly surprised I even saved money on my policy. Protectorinsurance.co.nz. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-T-A insurance.co.nz. And thanks, Protector, for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Time to catch up with a real Kiwi rider. We haven't done this for quite a few months, but um, it's something I like to do is talk to real Kiwi riders and someone who, as it turns out, I've almost crossed paths with many, many times. It's Chris Soonis, the pre- president of the BMW Club Aotearoa New Zealand. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Oh, great, Ray. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, now, we've almost crossed paths, as I said, many times. You're Wellington-based. I'm in Upper Hutt right now. You're part of the BMW Club. I've had a little bit to do with the BMW Club over the years. You're part of IAM Road Smart. I've done a bit of IAM stuff in the last few years. Well, there you go. We probably, as I say, we've probably crossed paths uh, in the past somewhere. Um, and uh, if we were doing this over video, we'd probably recognise each other. But uh, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to catch up and ride together sometime, which would be great. Now, as president of the BMW Club Aotearoa New Zealand, I'm picking you ride a BMW. What do you ride? Look, I've got a, a 2016 R1200 GSA, um, which is the which is the big adventure uh, model with a, a long range tank on it. So, um, and it's it's a great bike. I've, I bought it second hand, but uh, it's uh, it's done really well. Um, and what what kind of riding do you do? Are you a mainly on road rider? Do you get off road? Are you touring? Look, my my riding history um, when I was younger was um, was riding motocross. So I didn't compete. My brothers, my brother compete, competed pretty well. Um, I sort of just trailed along and and uh, went to the odd event. Uh, so I I sort of started off with motocross bikes. Um, had a PE two fifty, a PE four hundred. If you remember those the Suzuki's um, bought myself uh, one of the first RM, uh, RM250Zs which was a water cooled one of the first water cooled machines and, and loved that just spent a lot of time riding around the uh, the uh, subdivisions and, and uh, places in Johnsonville which is where I grew up um, and then I, uh, I sort of had quite a bit of a hiatus in motorcycles and started riding back again when I was oh, literally probably 2014 uh, and jumped back on a, a bike that my brother um, loaned me. He had a, um, a Suzuki DR400 SM, the Super Motard, mm-hmm. and uh, he wasn't using it for a summer and he said, look, uh, leave it in your garage, but have a ride, see what you think and, uh, and I got the bug again and I ended up uh, giving that back to him and thinking that I need to have something to ride the following weekend. So uh, I went in and bought a, my first GS, which was a, a, an 06 um, GSA. 
Wow, you went and from a DRZ400 to a, a, a 1200cc um, GS Adventure. Yes, yeah, and I and I, I must admit I did drop it a couple of times, but uh, you know um, it was uh, it was a bit of a step up. But uh, I tell you, the GS is uh, once you get them going and and uh, and you're riding it at a reasonable pace, uh, the weight just drops away and they and they become a really quite a, quite an easy machine to handle. Um, and uh, you know, I, I um, I'm really enjoying riding it now. I can throw it around. I'm not I'm not as nearly as quick on the gravel as I as I used to be, um, but uh, I'm still really enjoying being able to ride some of those roads that, uh, that generally you wouldn't necessarily look to try and do. So um, it's it's a great it's a good uh, all round type of bike. What's your pick around Wellington as far as rides at the moment? Are you a Makata kind of guy? Do you do the um the Rimataka Hill, do you go over to Wairarapa or do you like to get out to Red Rocks and try some really difficult stuff? Well, I haven't been out, I have to, have to say, I haven't been out to Red Rocks. Um, would love to get out there. Um, typically, it's over the back and doing some of the gravel roads over in Martinborough. So, um, in, in and around, you know, Admiral's Hill and some of those sort of relatively um, casual tracks. Um, I've got TKC 70s on the bike at the moment and, and typically over the winter uh, if you get anywhere that gets slightly muddy the old 70s don't work so well in the mud so um, I probably should have a, a set of 80s on it um, over the winter and then put 70s back on it during the during the summer but um, you know, as far as that uh, the, that tyre goes it's a, it's a great tyre but yeah, typically it's um, if I'm if I'm um, I'm an observer for IAM, so I'll be riding with people, and generally we're riding on the road. So um, over the winter, I tend to do most of my um, most of my riding um, uh, on the on the road, uh, and then back into as much gravel as I can over the over the summer. Okay, so your involvement with IAM Road Smart, how many years have you been involved there? I would say I joined in 2016, 2017. Um, and uh, worked my way through to become a, a full member um, and then had the opportunity to become an observer and it took me about oh, six to eight months, I think, um, before I got uh, became an observer and uh, and I've been observing for them since and uh, and really love it. I mean, it's uh, been a little bit quiet over the last few months. I've been busy at work. I work for myself and, and um, so work has had to take priority but um, I really enjoy it, and and I suppose the yeah no the motivation for joining IAM was really just to have the opportunity to continue um, building my skill set both um, on the road and off the road. Um, IAM is more focused on road riding, but um, you know the uh, the slow speed skills and and uh, the ability to be able to um, perhaps just take that extra step. Um, you know, I've done multiple um, Ride Forever courses. I've done a number of gold courses. I've done the silver course. I, I, I haven't done a bronze course, but I um, have been told by people that it's probably better for me to just stick with the, with the silver and the, and the gold um, and have got lots and lots of value out of that. Um, my wife doesn't ride and she, I can imagine um, she's pretty nervous when I get out on the road and she's always worried, as, as most partners would be when you're, when you're out on the road on your own. Um, but um, I think the, the fact that I'm I'm uh, working uh, and and writing and continually learning um, through uh, IEM Roadsmart really helps with uh, with her level of comfort around uh, you know me going out there and making sure that I'm as safe as I can on uh, safe as I can be on the road. Brilliant, yeah. So it is uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month. Um, Motorcycle Awareness Month is more than just car drivers or as some may call them cages looking out for motorcycles it's yeah. there are things that motorcyclists can do to help themselves right yeah exactly i mean and i think 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily in, well, not heavily involved, but I, I, I'm um, pleased that there is a profile around around uh, this time of year. Um, for everybody uh, who's using the roads to be aware of motorcyclists out there. Um, you know, it's not just about the uh, about the car drivers and being aware of motorcycles around them, but it's also about motorcycle riders who necessarily haven't. Uh, been riding over the over the winter period. Uh, they might have had their bike tucked away in the garage. They um, pull a cover off it um, and jump on it and go and ride. And, and uh, it's an opportunity, perhaps, for people to focus on um, some of those safety aspects, making sure their tyres are are, uh, are good and, and warrantable, um, tyre pressure's okay, and making sure they do uh, and check all those maintenance things on the maintenance things on their bikes ahead of actually getting out and hitting the road. Um, and so, yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, the idea of, of um, making sure that you're as well prepared as you can when you get back in the saddle, um, I think is a, is a good thing. What do you reckon is the number one thing that people need to know? What's the, what's the, when you're out for a ride and you see someone coming the opposite way, what's the one thing that stands out to you as being a, a no-no or something that people could do better? I think um, one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of a lot of a lot of um, riders potentially are, are quite um, they they um, focus quite close to themselves, so they necessarily not looking as far as ahead as, as they need to, um, and so observations are real skill that that um, that you are taught to develop as you as you progress through IAM, um, and uh, you know one of the uh, one of the key. Um, acronyms, I suppose, in, in IAM is IPSCA, um, Information, um, Position, Speed, Gear and Acceleration. And you can apply that um, principle to pretty much everything you do when you're riding your bike. Um, and that information part is, is really key, and that's making sure that you're scanning wherever as far ahead as you can to make sure that you're anticipating um, any potential risks or potential exposure to danger that you might have on the road. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, you see motorcyclists and they perhaps um, following a little bit closer to cars. Uh, they're doing things that potentially are, it's unintentional, but um, things that might actually put themselves a little bit more at risk than they normally would. Um, you know, a lot of riders, I think, ride their bikes like they would drive their car. Um, and uh, because that's the way they're used to used to driving, and and uh, and I think um, we have to be mindful of the fact that you know we're, we we don't have a cage around us effectively, um, and that um, even if it's a, another um, motorist or another road user making a mistake, um, we're the ones that are and, and it causes an accident. We're the ones that are going to come out worse off. Absolutely. So that acronym IPSGA, I P S G A, information. Yep. Position, position, speed, gear, speed. acceleration. And acceleration, yep. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. And so if you, even if you're, look, if you're coming into a corner, you can apply UPSCA with information. You can pick up information about the corner. You can pick, it up, pick up information about the road surface. Um, what speed um, do you need to be doing? Are you in the right gear um, to enter the corner and to be in a position to be able to accelerate out of the corner? Um, and um, you know, and when it comes to when it comes to um, leaving the corner, are you in a position where you can accelerate smoothly out of it? Uh, and so, pretty much, as I say, um, to, to to the vast majority of the riding that you're doing, um, IPSCA is a is, is a good 
perhaps acronym, and it's good to think about those things um, as you're as you're riding along, applying those principles. One of the ones I hear on social media quite a bit was, oh, I was out for a brilliant ride out in the back blocks, and I was hitting all the apexes, and I come around a corner, and there was a mower, or there was some grass, or there was a cow, and what was it doing yep. there? And, and bloody NZTA haven't, haven't swept the road, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What do you say to those yep. people? Well, I think... Um, the thing is, if you're coming across, um, if you're coming across something and you're in a position where um, you have to deal with it really, really quickly, and you're not in a position to be in control or remain in control, then effectively you've come across it too quickly. Uh, and so, uh, there's a number of things. You know, you talk about grass that's cut on the sides of the roads, those sorts of things. You know, you could, typically you can smell that grass ahead of um, actually coming up, up on it. Um, you know, grass has got a, um, you know, has a has quite a distinctive smell. Um, you know, there's lots of little things as indicators that, that you can use um, to help you, um, you know, uh, assess and, and take the opportunity to, to perhaps think about um, things that, that um, might be ahead of you that you need to be um, aware of or careful of. Um, it comes back you know, to the, the eye of Ipska, right? The information, taking yep. everything, reading the road, not just reading yep. the signs on the side of the road, but reading all the clues. Yep, it's scanning ahead. Um, it's making sure that you, if you're looking through the corner, making sure that you can see whether the corner is actually, um, is, uh, is, is, uh, or the apex of the corner is moving away from you or it's getting closer to you. Um, and, and that'll give you an idea as to whether the corner is getting tighter or it's actually um, the, the, uh, the bend is, is um, getting, becoming straighter and potentially you can accelerate through it. Um, you know, there's all those sorts of little tricks that um, that you can apply, and and um, and as I say, look, I, I know I know you've called me about um, the motorcycle awareness month, and this is this is not supposed to be a, a promotional adver- advertisement for for IAM, but um, you know, I think the principles that uh, that IAM apply to riding um, really do help uh, other riders uh, make them safe. Absolutely, and it's all about improving our road craft. Um, Chris, what, what are you up to for summer? Have you got any big rides planned? Yeah, well, um, I was just mentioning to you earlier, Ray, we've got, um, as, as part of the club, I've, we've got quite a few um, rides happening. We've got the GS Rally, which is happening at the end of October, which is up in Rotorua, um, which uh, is just being promoted at the moment, which will be great. So um, we'll be going up to that. And then uh, in the middle of November, I've got a ride down to Geraldine, which is where our club's having our, um, our South, South Island Rally. Um, and uh, and then we've got a, a rally in January in, in Tauranga. Um, so I'll be doing plenty of personal riding in between those uh, in, in between those events. But uh, they're the ones that I'll perhaps be doing the more distance on. Um, I've actually got a, a work a work uh, job that I have to do up in Pai here in the next couple of weeks, and I'm really contemplating as to whether I whether I should take my bike with me. But I'm I'm wondering whether I can get all my tools on the back. Um, so uh, that that may happen, but uh, it may not as well. You know, I might need to have to take the uh, the station wagon. Ah, uh, maybe you should put a tow bar on the station wagon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris Sunis, uh president of the BMW Club Aotearoa, also uh, IAM Road Smart, not the president. Of IAM, just a, 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 no, a, an no, observer, no, not at all. Um, yeah, yeah. and and avid motorcyclist. It is uh, Wellington. No, it's not. It is uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month. The big message is wear yellow to show your support for the motorcycling community of Aotearoa. Uh, what have you got that's yellow, Chris? Look, I um, I must admit I've got quite a few things that are yellow on my uh, in my gear. I've got a yellow um, helmet that I wear, uh, and I've also got a, a yellow um, airbag vest. 
and uh, and I um, I wear that and and, uh, and I must admit that um, I uh, I wouldn't and I ride I actually ride on the gravel with that vest on as well and and I um, uh, I really wouldn't wouldn't jump on the bike without it um, and so that's quite uh, bright uh, you know quite yellow uh, and easily picked up. Um, and then my wet weather gear, I've got a, I've got a yellow jacket um, as part of, I've got some Scott wet weather gear, which I throw over the top uh, and that's bright yellow as well. So I try and um, try and make sure I stand out as much as I can. Well, next time I see somebody wearing a bit of yellow riding a, um, a BMW R1200GS, I'll give them a wave. Yeah, good on you. I'll wave back too. <laughs> Chris Cernus uh, <laughs> from the BMW Club Aotearoa, uh, Wellington-based rider and with IAM Road Smart. Hey, thanks for your time and uh, having a chat about all things safety. Thanks, Ray. It's been a pleasure. And joining me now it is Matthew Day Gillett. You heard him last week on the podcast. G'day, Matt. How are you doing? You're not bad today, Ray. How about you? Yeah, good. Have you recovered from last weekend yet? Yeah, though I spent today uh, pre-running the 2022 GS Rally's um, sealed route. So, um, yeah, my backside's a bit sore after, what, 300 and something Ks of uh, careening around the Bay of Plenty in Waikato. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, oh, were you doing that ride with Doug? No. No, just um, Fidge um, sent me an email asking if I was able to pre-run it for him. And I was like, well, I've got this uh, CF Moto touring bike here. And I thought, yeah, why not? So hooked me up with a root sheet holder and, yeah, went went away and, yeah, just made sure all of the, the, uh, what is it, the instructions actually matched the distances um, that he had down and everything. And. Yeah, it was actually, it's a pretty good route. People are going to really enjoy some parts of that. There's some phenomenal places where I'd recommend to stop, but um, we can cover that in a later podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about that later because the the, the thing that, that that's to hand at the moment is, is Burn Buster last weekend. Now, I wanted to catch up primarily because, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, we're home, we're sorted, the bike's semi-clean, let's talk about <laughs> that. But also, um, there's more to the story that I don't think we did justice. So, Burnbuster, it is a trail ride. Um, I've been to a number of them, Live used to live up near the Central Plateau, yeah, Topol area, and they used to be my local rides. Um, but it's, you've never done, up till last weekend, never done an actual organised trail ride before, right? Yeah, the closest I came was that... Um beta i think it was the 2020 model launch at the end of 2019 that you and i both went to near thames that's the closest i've ever come to an actual trail ride so until obviously and that was that was about a kilometer and a half through someone's back paddock yeah it was a good kilometer and a half though let's face it it was it was (laughs) so um burn buster it's a whole stack of trails in the forest just off state highway five or six yep napier topal road Yep, that's right. State Highway Five, and I've been saying you should be taking the uh, the CRF two fifty rally for years. I've said <laughs> just go, man. Put some put some semi knobbly tires on and just give it a crack. Um, so we we shot up there. I shot up. We, we all converged on Topor Friday, uh, bright and early Saturday morning. We're off up to the trails, as you heard in the podcast. Matt's running. Um, a semi semi non road legal variant of Rosie the Rally. What did you do? Remove the um, number plate and everything? No, number plate was still there. Um, somewhere on the trails is and probably my registration label and warrant of fitness 
sticker though. Um, those managed to break off during the trail ride I found when I got home. Um, yeah, pulled the mirrors off. That was, well, I pulled the mirrors off. I pulled the rear rack off. Um, so normally I'm running a rear rack, which has, it's a steel one. It's a cheapie from Thailand. It's a wee bit heavy. Um, and I was sort of trying to get as much weight off the bike as possible, which I'm glad I did because I probably picked up that weight and then some with all the mud that got stuck in behind the fairings. Um, other than that, um, just aired down the Michelin trackers and that was it. Did we, did we prepare you properly for what was an epic event? Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, well, all those times you were saying back when I was running the Shinko E804, E805 adventure tyres, um, saying, oh, yeah, those tyres will handle it. I am so glad I wasn't on those tyres for um, this boom buster. Like, just the Michelin trackers were struggling, um, particularly the front. Um, just didn't have quite long enough lugs, I think. You know, going on to the Starcross 6s and playing with Craig's bike and that, just the long lugs on that. You could point it wherever you wanted, where my bike was sort of a bit more wallowy, a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more hesitant to turn in places. Um, so so every time I've different. been to every time I've been to Burnbuster previously, it's been reasonably dry. I mean, there's probably been a bit of rain overnight and nothing during the day. And so Saturday when we rode were atrocious conditions that is the wettest i've ever seen burn buster and as soon as i got out onto those trails on the t7 with full knoblies the maxis enduro tires i went uh oh i've made a <laughs> massive miscalculation here <laughs> yeah you were kind of wishing you had the beta there as a backup bike weren't you yeah and i thought about doing that i loaded the t7 on the trailer and i went oh, if i just shuffle it a little bit to the side I, i'll be able to get the beater up there and 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 i'll be able to do you know if the if the conditions aren't conducive to the t7 i'll be able to go and do a bit of a lap on the on the beta but I, as it turned out i couldn't ride sunday anyway so yeah but i could have ridden your beta <laughs> <laughs> yeah you would you would have too i'm sure you would have enjoyed it um, yeah. but you know what that leaves me wide open for um the final round in october so maybe uh maybe we'll take the better up for that ah yeah i'm not too sure if i can make october work um i've already had to say no to doing the gs rally because it's on um, a certain special someone on my life's birthday and when was the mto7 launch it was 2015 wasn't it 2014 um, i think 14 okay yeah so i'm still hearing about missing her birthday then um for that launch so yeah <laughs> birthday weekends for the wife um are generally a weekend where i'm not allowed to ride and uh yeah <laughs> you should take it to topo for the weekend yeah but who's gonna look after the two little feral gremlins that you saw um, there's enough people in the car park they'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um mm. we took the we took the adventure bikes to um is your bike technically an adventure bike or is it a dual sport? I'm, I'm always on the fence about this and it doesn't matter who you ask, you're going to get a different answer. Yeah, I tend to, in my own head, I think of it more of as a dual sport with adventure characteristics. So for me, an adventure bike is multi-cylinder, has good body like weather protection for the rider, which the rally does. Um, and yeah, that's... It's a bit heavy. It's sort of, it's over 150 kilos 
the 250 rally so it's sort of it's an adventure bike weight territory nearly so but it's it's yeah. it's out of the two because you've got the crf 250l and then the crf 250 rally out of the two you've got the more adventure spec version of the bike yeah it's got i think an inch of extra travel um than the base crf 250l um and yeah it does it actually weighs a decent amount more because of the fairings um and the abs and all that jazz um and yeah i've got the bnb bash plate on the bottom of it as well which was really good at holding on to um lots of pumice and mud hmm. i found out when it came to cleaning it uh, but it's yeah it's sort of it's on the it's on the fence like so we, we went up the, the the goal was the question was can you trail ride an adventure bike and obviously i took the tenere 700 which is square slap bang in the middle of adventure territory it oh, is yes. um it is a 100 an adventure bike a mid-sized adventure bike um and i think we succeeded if the trails had been like they were on sunday on saturday or drier than that which i have seen them many 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 times before then absolutely we would have nailed those oh me we would have nailed those trails heck yeah like um sunday when i went riding with craig and we did the full western loop with uh it was first a silver loop off that and then a bronze loop off that um like that western trail would have been epic on the t7s especially the more open bits that i really enjoyed on my bike and uh, there were jumps and all sorts and it was just felt really really good um but then yeah on the other side of that was saturday's conditions where literally it was like walking through thick concrete like wet concrete at times yeah it was if you've ever seen people pouring concrete and you see that flow that it gets going on like when it comes flowing down the the tube out of the back of the concrete truck that's yeah. like what it was flowing down the ruts trying to do that final hill climb that that just that hill climb just turned me off it finished me for the for the event um if you it know my personality <laughs> yeah if you know my personality when i start getting tired i start getting negative and as soon as i get negative i don't want to ride anymore and that's kind of what happened was i was drenched i was tired i knew that i once i'd planted the tenere 700 in that rut um and wedged the uh the big square uh skid plate in that hole there was no way i was getting it out on my own and that just made me grumpy yeah well and there were lots of people trying to help you too like yeah. we went through the footage on saturday night and easily about five different people would have like come to offer assistance what we needed though was those five people at the same time because a 240 <laughs> 40 kg bike wedged in a in a rut was never going to go forward on its own steam i had a lot of grip in those uh, maxis enduro tires i found and if you watch a few of the videos uh or the main video that's up at youtube now you'll see um there was a few hill climbs earlier on in that section where i felt the, the skid plate drag but i could kind of unweight the bike paddle with my feet and rev through and i had enough grip to get through that way um how did the trackers go in those deep deep sections i mean you had uh, better ground clearance so you weren't so much dragging the the belly yeah so i was yeah just tractoring along um, my biggest problem was um, lack of power to get pushed through the mud um like along with my heavy carcass on top of the rally 
Um, it's a 24 horsepower single cylinder motor pushing 157 kilos of bike and at least 100, if not more, kilos of me um, with sodden wet boots. So that probably adds three kilos of boots, sort of thing. Um, and yeah, they did surprisingly well. Like they're road legal. Um, and yeah, like they're not as good as a Starcross 6 in those conditions. Um, but like, I did everything um like the only issues problems i typically had were poor line choice and falling into deep ruts or falling over entirely as it happened um doing the forest cave bronze loop with craig and that sort of stuff comes with experience i mean that was your first trail ride so we expect you to fall over quite a bit but the fact that you attempted it on road legal tires on a bike that was basically road legal I think you did a bloody good job. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, if I'd kept the mirrors on, um, it would have been fully road legal, but I sort of thought um, I don't really want to go investing in double-take mirrors anytime soon because they're expensive. Um, they so are. I took the mirrors off. <laughs> so we got um, home yeah. on Sunday. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I water-blasted the bike on Sunday and then had a wee weep to myself in the corner of my garage when I noticed the amount of damage that I did to my bike. Uh, once you get that pumice up between your knees and the fairings, it's just like sandpaper grinding away. I found new rust spots on my frame where I'd been essentially sanding the frame, sandblasting the frame. After three goes with the water blaster on three consecutive days, I think I got most of it. But then I did a proper clean using the um, uh, the is it dirt destroyer from uh, our friends at Northern's, yeah. and um, it, the bike came up really nice. But there's still chunks of pumice under it. I even took the bash plate off today and had to hose out the <laughs> underneath. Oh, see, I haven't even taken the bash plate or the fairings off, but I know they're both caked. Um, I've done similar except without the water blaster because mine's broken um, and yeah I got home and sort of rolled the bike into the driveway to which sort of the wife went oh my god <laughs> what happened and I said it was raining it was muddy um, so basically <laughs> I wheeled the bike round back <laughs> um, and gave the kids the hose and said all right kids have at it um, and went and got myself a cup of tea sort of thing came back and they've done a really good job for a two-year-old and a four-year-old um they were soaked the bike was soaked um i almost had a lake in the backyard um being shorter almost, though they'd see it a different aspect so they'd get all the bits underneath that you wouldn't even see yeah they were really crap at getting the stuff up top to be honest um but yeah underneath was they were doing a pretty good job i had um well yeah you've been to my place i've got sort of a little path that goes out to my garden shed and it'd be about three meters long and easily two and a half of those meters was just completely caked in pumice and mud by the end of the time um, mm -hmm. of moving that the bike the first wash then i washed it a second time in the front yard on the driveway and it had a very similar effect um so yeah the bike filthy it's still filthy um underneath everything i did um like you was quite horrified at some of the uh, sandpaper effect it was like getting wet and dry sandpaper and rubbing my fairings like it's rubbed through the paint on the plastics um and a couple of points it look it's gone right through the black and it's now sort of showing gray the gray under plastic um but yeah i got a bit of silicon spray because there were lots of tiny scratches everywhere and sort of just sprayed the bike with fairings down and gave it a bit of a rub and 
it looks all right now. Like it's passable. It's it's never gonna look the same. It's got yeah, like you said, the rust spots here and there. There's rust spots on the like rally tower, which let's face it, that's been bent and bent back a couple of times. So it's kind of got cracks there. And I've got a brand new one sitting down below me as I speak. So that's not a big drama. Um, yeah. Still though, I think I would think twice before going out in those conditions again. Okay. So trail riding adventure bikes. Can you do it? Yes, you can, as Bob the Should Builder you said. you do it? Yeah. Like, um, you've got to be reasonable. Um, like, we sort of felt, um, oh, what's, what's the word? On Saturday, we sort of felt like we didn't have much of a choice. We'd gone all that distance, um, and we knew the trails were going to turn to crap, um, so we just went out anyway. Um, yeah, if we'd waited for... Sunday and the weather then, um, we probably would have had a much better time of things. So if you are thinking about taking your mid-sized adventure bike to Burn Buster, maybe take a uh, Beta RR430 as well. Ride that on the wet day and ride your adventure bike on the uh, on the dry day. Yeah, or a KTM 300 six days, um, the Cheetah bike, <laughs> which um, Craig's not here to defend himself, but literally... He got home, he washed the bike, and by the end of the week, it was in many pieces on his garage floor. Um, which what did you do to it? Now, let's, let's break this down. <laughs> you, so you went out with Craig on Saturday on your bike. He was riding his, a KTM. And then we went, right, Matt, you've never really ridden one of these before. Let's throw you in the deep end and put you on the demo loop. Uh, and yep. you reluctantly climbed aboard and went for it. How, what, what was that about? Um, well, yeah, you, I felt the peer pressure and I gave in, <laughs> really. And um, by the end of doing that demo loop, I would have quite happily gone and done that, um, what, 20-odd Ks of the Western Loop all over again if I was riding that bike. Um, the difference between the proper enduro setup of the 306 days with the Electron carb, the Starcross 6 tyres, um, and whatever else Craig's been doing to it versus my heavy pig um, was just night and day. Um, it was like getting off. Oh, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, being on a Wee 50 and then moving up to like a four cylinder. Um, yeah. CBR 250 RR or something like just night and day, completely different animal. And um, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of loved it. <laughs> Like riding a GW250 in a Zuma from Wellington to Invercargill and then doing it on an MT-07. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it was, yeah, I, I definitely can definitely see the appeal of the two-stroke now. And I'm not going to lie, I've sort of spent a fair bit of time on trade me looking at uh, two-strokes, but um, there don't seem to be many cheap ones around Um but then again, I don't think I'd get away with keeping a filthy, smelly two-stroke in uh, the office while next to the wife's fancy sewing things. Well, if we haven't scared you off trail riding thus far, I can tell you that even a uh, properly set up four-stroke is absolutely beautiful to ride. And in those conditions that we experienced at Burn Buster September on Saturday, anything was going to be a challenge to ride. But um, we did it. The water drained away. Sunday was mint, and uh, I can't wait for the next outing, Matt. I can't wait for the next adventure. 
whether that be yeah. on a trail or, I don't know, Molesworth again. Who cares? Yeah, I'd definitely love to go down and do Molesworth and Rainbow again. Um, my next adventure is only in a, a couple of weeks away. I'm signed up for the Moto Map to other people that used to run epic events. Um, I'm signed up, signed up to their one big day trail ride, which I'll be heading off to Raglan for. It's 400 odd Ks. I think 10% of it's on the road. The rest of it's off road through farmland and gravel roads and what appears to be beach. <laughs> so yeah, that's my next adventure. I've got a brand new Michelin tracker sitting next to me that I need to fit to the rear end of my bike just just for good oh, measure. I'm going to keep Northern Northerns are really looking after you, aren't they? Oh, it helps so when you have a an account with them and you can just go. Hmm. I, I this was one of the tires that we had at Burnbuster, and I sort of as Craig and I were packing up the, the um, trailer on Sunday, I was like, "What do you reckon about my rear tire for one big day? Should I grab another tracker?" And he goes, yep, here you go. <laughs> I'll just charge it to your account. I was like, all right, cool, sorted. Oh, that's um, nice of him. So, well, it saves on postage. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> for one thing. Um, so, yeah, that's the last bit of prep I need to do for one big day is just chuck that new tire on. I'm keeping the 13 tooth front sprocket, so I'm geared down. Um, got the heavy duty clutch in the bike, which I did before Boombuster. Um, the rack's back on. I'm hopefully going to get myself um, some form of fuel bladder because um yeah riding on the highway the 13 tooth gearing as we you may recall from our friend when we did the molesworth and rainbow um it sucks a bit of fuel and <laughs> you need a jerry can um so yeah that that's the next adventure for me what are we looking at for you what am i up to i don't actually know what my next adventure is i see that the yamaha adventure ride for 2023 has been announced that's going to be um Taranaki and King Country, so a little bit further south of uh, where you're going to be riding. Um, I don't, I don't do know it. if do I'm it. going to. No, I don't know if I'm going to commit to that. Uh, the other one, of course, is the GS uh, Rally, which has been announced for is it the last weekend in October? Uh, we'll tell you more about that next yes, episode. Um, and I've swapped out the. Uh, the what are they Maxxis Enduro tyres for my standard Pirelli on the back and Midas EO7 Plus on the front uh, because I've been commuting and I did about 90Ks on those Maxxis tyres and wore them down something chronic so I've saved them they're sitting on the shelf um, thank you very much to my friends at uh, Independent Motorcycles we're going to get the Maxxis Enduros back on the T7 for some summer uh, adventures over Christmas and New Year but um, I've been I've been daydreaming about those wide, open, long gravel roads of the Molesworth, and I attempted to hit them last year on opening weekend. I was thwarted something chronic. Uh, I I think <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and check out the Molesworth and maybe go a little bit further south. But these are all kind of daydreams at the moment. I don't really know what my next big adventure is going to be. Uh, we'll have to plan something then. Definitely going to have to get the beater out. The beater is going to have to uh, get a dealing to it before I hand it back to beta New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Krieger does like a uh, OS base for that bike. Chuck on the Krieger luggage, do some like ultra lightweight adventure stuff. 
I've got a even Billy better ultra lightweight adventure pack. Uh, it's called the the Krieger T eighteen backpack. If you can't fit it in that, yeah. you don't need to. I wouldn't take the it, like the beater is a fantastic bike, but I wouldn't take it adventure riding and leave it parked outside a motel overnight type deal because there's literally nothing. Yeah, that's, to stop. that's why you go camping in the middle of no, nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's possible. Anyway, Matt, thank you very much for a fantastic weekend and for catching up this evening. Uh, the listeners can check out your story at onthrottle.co.nz and you're going to be pumping out a video on your YouTube channel as well. Yeah, it's going to be a couple of YouTube videos because I had something like three or four hours of footage from the weekend. So I've sort of I've crunched uh, the first day down to a little over 20 minutes and um, I've got the second day's footage sitting in uh, iMovie waiting to be edited and um, I've been getting distracted by other things so that'll come out hopefully next week as you're listening to this brilliant and my video is out right now at uh, Moto NZ the uh, YouTube channel or MotoNZ.com but um, till next time Matt thanks for thanks for joining us and uh, we'll catch up soon yeah glad to be here man and um, yeah same back to you and that about wraps up the podcast as well. My name is Ray here, and this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you coming along for the ride. And if you've got any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, you've got a story idea, or you want to tell us about your bike or your latest ride, love to hear from you. You can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz, or you can get in touch on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok under the handle Kiwi Rider Podcast. As I said, check out kiwirider.co.nz for the latest magazines and the entire back catalogue as well. Absolutely free for you to check out we're not going to bombard you with spam ads or anything like that just uh, go to kiwirider.co.nz and flick through the magazine to your heart's content Matt's website is on throttle.co.nz he's brilliant at chasing down the uh, the latest news leads so check out on throttle.co.nz for the latest in motorcycling news and my website uh, motonz.com uh, we are breaking down we're sharing news but we're also breaking down the latest in motorcycling gear and accessories uh, both Matt and I try to put out a video each week on our respective YouTube channels on Throttle and Moto NZ as well. Otherwise, keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and I'll catch you in seven days' time. September is a very special month for riders. It's Motorcycle Awareness Month, and this year it's all about celebrating the motorcycle community. Whether you ride alone or with mates, wear yellow. Show other riders you stand beside them. And thanks to Motorcycle Awareness Month for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast.